0: granted, man. This ain't easy. We worked our off for this. And this is one heck of a team, man. Playing with this guy, practicing with this guy, he's a guy that can do it. And as a player, you just want to play for him. You're listening to the Built in Buffalo Podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Adam Z and Dave Myers. The Built in Buffalo podcast is proudly brought to you by Total Sports Buffalo, the number one destination for all authentic autographed Buffalo Bills memorabilia. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Total Sports Buffalo.
1: What is up, Bills Mafia? This is the fifth or sixth episode of the Built in Buffalo podcast. So we can see on the screen, we don't have Dave with us. Uh, our next guest needs no introduction, but it's it's too fun to not do a little intro. So this man is a fan favorite in Bills Mafia. Uh, he's a Buffalo Bills legend in my book. So this man has amassed 59 games in the NFL with 52 games started, seven picks, three forced fumbles, one touchdown. On top of that, this man has... 257 combined tackles, and 184 total tackles. We're going to go even crazier for you. This man was considered the top safety recruit and the second best cornerback recruit in 2018. First team All-State, Texas Longhorn, incredible career. The man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Williams, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Man, thank you for having me, man. Hey, that's a great intro. That's actually, no, no lie, that's probably one of the best intros I've ever had. And, and of all of the interviews I've ever had. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. That was great. That was really good. That was the best. I love
1: it. I love that. that so, so today we're here just to talk basically your career, the NFL, the bills. We're going to get some draft questions in there. Uh, we just have a bunch of kind of overlapping questions that go over your career in the NFL. So the, the first one I want to start off with. From your last snap you took as a Longhorn to your first practice as a bill, can you take like the the casual fan through what that process looks like? We, we only get to see kind of a, a small portion of what goes on. I know that there's probably a ton of interviews, a ton of meetings, but we don't really have any insight as to what that process looks like.
0: Yeah. I mean, really? So the, the last, so how it works is the last play, I guess. Well, at least my last play the season we didn't make a bowl game, unfortunately. So we go we go kind of straight into off season training. So you do. I was still at UT up until the semester was over. So once the semester was over, then I left school. Um, from there on, let me rewind. You this back then. You could throw a report in for yourself to see where you kind of line align yourself in the in the draft so it's like a it's like a pre-draft before a draft before a draft just to see where you kind of report so for me I was a junior so I um I told myself if I wasn't first second round guaranteed like in that at least in that frame I'm coming back for my senior year um I had a first second for sure so I was like I'm going to take this opportunity so I left UT from there on you, you then like search your agent. Well, from, I mean, I'm only, only going to speak on what I did. Cause everybody's different. Everybody's yep. different. Yep. So I, I, I went out search. I went out and interviewed like five different agencies from small agencies to uh, big time agencies, well-known agencies. Um, and then I picked my agent. Um, usually when you pick your agent, they already have the workout facility that you're going to train for the combine already set up for you. So my agency at the time was CAA. So I went to Phoenix and at the time they were called athletes performance. So I think they're called X expos or something like that. I can't remember where they are now. I haven't really followed, but so you go there. I got there in like end of December, early January, because I remember going to the natty game to go, watch the Oregon Auburn game. So, yeah. So around like early, to, early January. So you have like a, a good five, six weeks, I think six weeks actually. No, no, no. That's a lie. January because the comp, the NFL combine is like what, late February, like the end of February. So almost two months. So two months of training to get to where you get your, you want to get your test results and you'll know basically what you'll get at the count, you get to the combine. This is what, one thing I didn't know. So you get the combine, right? You are nitpicked. You're asked every question in the book, you are interviewed. You are tested on what your football knowledge you're tested on the knowledge of the business. What do you know about the NFL, the history of the NFL, the his, some history of the teams, like all these questions you get thrown in there. Then you get thrown into their doctor's, um, I guess you would call meeting or, or slot that like a time slot and they would nitpick, check everything. They already have your full injury report from your college, from your freshman year to up to whenever you enter the draft, they go over this more serious injuries to see, you know, if those injuries are, will affect you down the road, obviously for, you know, cause you're an investment at that point. Um, so I, I think, that, so combine is two days. So we spend a night there. So the first night is all the evaluation, all the testing and all that stuff. Then the next, or L and the first night is also the uh, Wonderlick test. Uh, yeah. And I believe something, oh, you get interviewed. You get interviewed by all like the media people that are, that are there or whatever. Your second day, first thing in the morning, kid you not, I'm talking the break of dawn. We were up, we had to do some more like testing or whatever, but then we, we then went right into warming up for your testing for the 40 broad jump, um, vertical jump, three cone, all that great stuff, L cone, bro. When I, I'm talking like, I was warming up for my events around eight o'clock, 730, eight o'clock, like warming up. Like that means I was up 5.30, make sure I got a little bit of something to eat, hydrate, all this good stuff, get my mind right, you know, calm your nerves down, all this great stuff. So you do the events and then you're done. And then your your agent, my agent came to me and told me, you know, I did good on this. I need to work on this. need to work on that. Because right after the combine, you have your pro day. So you have another chance to, to prove yourself or to increase your times, results, whatever the case may be. Um, that's usually like a few weeks, a couple of weeks weeks, a few weeks, depending on when, what date they're all coming in. Um, you, that's the amount of time you have. So some guys go back to the facility that they worked out at. Some guys go back to their school. Some guys go to their um, to their own trainer and some guys just work out on themselves like by themselves um then you have your pro day pro day is basically your your combine you do all that testing interviews all that great stuff then there's a dead period and in those dead periods we'll have a visit so you all have teams that say hey you know, you have your agent your agent will call you and say hey buffalo wants to come meet you buffalo or uh, jacksonville dallas wants you to come in to do this this and that so you do that in the process up until about a couple of weeks before the NFL draft. And then obviously you have your NFL draft. Some guys go there. Some guys are asked to go to New York and you have, a, you have, well, the top guys have the option. If you're in the first, like couple, couple rounds, couple, three rounds, maybe three rounds. And you, you're like a big name guy. You're asked, either you want to, you want to come to New York or do you want to, you know, have, do your own thing. Um, some guys obviously go to New York. Um, I chose to stay and be with my family because I thought it was important to celebrate with them and whatnot. And then you have the draft and then the whole draft and a whole nother thing. And then you get picked. And then as, as soon as you get picked, you either get a call from the GM, the president, or the owner. You talk to them. Now, first rounders, first flight out next morning, you're there. Second rounders, you, um. some teams may bring them in. Actually, yeah, some teams do bring them in. Um, other teams, you just kind of wait. For me, my situation was different because I went through the lockout during my, during my draft. So once I got picked, I couldn't even come to Buffalo because it was locked out. You know, it was it we were going during a lockout. So yeah. everything closed down. So I was just at home chilling, <laughs> like working out, uh, excited, celebrating with my friends and family that I got drafted and all that stuff. So um, that was really cool. It was That's pretty much the whole process from literally last – last snap two, right before your rookie year.
1: Okay. Now, now, just by them saying your name on the stage, you're in the top point zero 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 one percent of athletes, right? Uh, little kids playing wee football are excited for the day that they can see their name brought up, they get their jersey. Was there any point in in maybe, and honestly, it could be your middle school career where you're like, I'm going to be in NFL, like no doubt about it, I'm making it.
0: Yeah, uh, man, I get asked this question a lot. I mean, I I knew it. I knew I was going. Man, I knew I had a. I'm not gonna say I knew I was going. I mean, I I I knew myself I was going, but I really knew I was going. Is that your name? Like freshman, fresh sophomore year in high school. Okay. Around freshman, to freshman to sophomore year in high school, I was like, this man. I'm not going to try to sound egotistical or, like... No, do it. Let's like, go. Like, the, it was just easy for me. I was playing against guys older than me, and it was just easy. And I knew it was just, like, if it's this easy for these guys, like, my challenge is guys above that. So, I mean, like, yeah, as long as I continue to keep working and not lose sight of what I'm doing, like, there's there should be no reason. Like, this is, you know, I I realized I had a natural gift at it, so me realizing that I was like, I have a chance to make millions. Like, yeah, I'm gonna take it seriously. Like, like let's Buffalo in let's go. So yeah, for me, it was like freshman year, sophomore year in high school.
1: Okay. Okay. Now Bill's mafia, big fans of of anyone who shows love for Buffalo. And I know that you got, uh, you got a lot of love for Buffalo, but there's one play in particular I wanna I wanna ask you about. So uh, you said Phoenix earlier. I'm I'm currently in Phoenix. I moved to Phoenix from Western New York about seven years ago. Uh, so one of my first games that I was able to watch was uh, the Bills versus Cardinals game, uh, where you had your kickoff return and and I remember like it's like it's yesterday. You running up the right side of the end zone in and celebrating with the crowd. Can you walk me through that play? Like you made it, you're in the NFL. You just returned a kick at home against at that time, a Cardinals team that was, people were thinking we're going to be a contending team. They're going to come to Buffalo. They're going to wax you guys. Like there was a lot of crap talking about it. I just, I want to know what went through your head during such a monumental play.
0: Um, man, I saw the ball and I was like, yo, I have an opportunity to go like make history history for myself. Cause like, that's yeah. a moment that's going to last forever. Like, that's going to be talked about. So, I mean, I saw that ball and I think Roby, no, no, no. Either Roby or Stefan at the time, I think they were the first ones to try to attempt to go for the ball. And then I was like, Oh no. I was like, please don't, please don't grab the ball. Like, I mean, grab that ball, but like, let, like I hope it comes out. They didn't grab it. So I, so I just scooped it. Like I, there's a lot of drills that we do to like scoop and score basically. And man, as a kid, even even before even before every game, and don't let any player tell you otherwise, as, as far as defensive player or even offensive player, we all practice what we're gonna do when we score. I don't care who we are, if you're a D tackle, if you're whatever. Man, all that goes out the window when you're in <laughs> when you're in action. Yeah. Like I had I had like three dance moves I was gonna do, right? <laughs> I would, first of all, when I grabbed the ball and I started running, I said, let me, not get, let me not get caught, first of all. Like, I, when I tell you I hauled ass as fast as I could, I, I was running fast. And it doesn't even look like I was running fast, but I was running. So, boom, I scored, right? I was like, you know, I'm going to hit the Ronaldo. Because at that time, FIFA was big. We always got covered for FIFA. We were always in the locker room. I, um like, gave the name, like, like the FIFA God, the FIFA King and on the team. Um, a lot of the guys would say otherwise, but I was really that guy. So, man, I was like, I'm going to hit the Ronaldo. So I remember, like, where I scored at, it was all the fields to the left. So the celebration I wanted to do, if I went to right, it would have been short, people wouldn't have gotten it. People who play FIFA will understand this. When they score, they'll have a chance to run their guy around for quite some time before they decide to customize their dance celebration in the case may be. So I remember, I ah oh man, I, I remember I was like, either I'm going to do this dance that I've been practicing on or I'm going to do this Ronaldo. I looked to the left and I saw a big field and I saw the crowd go crazy. I, I just turned left and I was like, yeah, this is my house. This is my house. It was crazy. Like, I was like... I pictured everything like every like in my dreams and every and all that. So I did it. Man, I've never I've never felt because in football, man, it's different. Basketball, you're celebrated because there's five of you guys. So like you're 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 always seen for us. There's there's 50 and 56, 52, 52 of us on 52, the rocks, 53 guys, whatever. I don't know what it is now, 53. It's always changing, whatever. Uh, so, there's like a lot of us, and a lot of us don't get that playing time. A lot of us don't even get the ball, the opportunity. So, it's like, it's a special moment. So, man, that was, it was is that, the energy to, because being cheered for and, and then being cheered about the situation or the scenario is two different things. So, that love was crazy. I see why. I imagine- go ahead. No, you can go. No, no, go ahead.
1: I, I was going to say, you, I imagine, like, uh, a lot of times in the game, you you might not particularly, like, focus in on the crowd noise, right? You're, you're locked into your designation. You're trying to shut down the wide receiver. But in that moment, you got to kind of, like, consume everything around you. Like, they're cheering for me right now. Like, yes, the team made a great play, but I'm the one with the ball in the end zone. All eyes are on me. Like, that's got to be, like, it's a, a, a life-changing thing. moment.
0: It's a different feeling, like. I never knew what it felt like to be a rock star until that moment. That was my rock star moment, honestly. And I was already five years in the league at that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think five. It's like five years, five or six years, something like that. And I I came to scoring close one time before that, but that was in New York. That's when we played the Jets and. That's a different feeling because you know we're away. We're not, we're not, man. I don't even know what the stadium's called nowadays. But we weren't at that time, we weren't at Ralph Wilson or New Era or whatever. What are they called now? Highmark. Are they Hallmark now? Okay.
1: Highmark. H-I-G-H. Highmark.
0: Yeah. Highmark. Mark. Okay. Well, High Mark. We weren't playing there, so it was a different feeling. Um, but for me, man, it was it was Ralph Wilson Stadium. It was New Era Stadium, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's a, it a crazy uh feeling and um, a moment, and uh, I will never forget like ever. It was crazy.
1: Would you say that that was your favorite moment as a member of the Buffalo Bills? Then,
0: nah, 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 nah. no, nah, 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 what? Nah, that's funny that because like I can see why you would think that, but like. It's really cool that y'all think that. But for me, like, there's a lot of personal stuff that I went through that, that made me, like, I'm not going to say more focused because I'm always focused every game. I, I played my balls off every single every single snap, every single game. But, like, some – and every player is different. But there are some some games that are more personal than others mm-hmm. just for them individually. Not saying it's team-wise, but individually. So, for me – for me, that moment was Baltimore okay. um, because of my situation during the draft and me having the conversation with them and then not, them not picking me, obviously, and then them just oh. like, Bowl, and them coming into our house and then they're, they're being talked about. And I was just like, yo, this is like it was a big game for us. Yeah. So it was like this is my moment to show these people like I'm – I'm that guy. Like I really can do this. I'm really good at what I do. So, and my best friend was there. He came. My whole my family came. It was a special moment. So when I got those two picks against Baltimore, um, and we won, and it was right after like high horse of winning Super Bowl. So like, man, that was that was my like, that was my that was my. Can
1: you can you? Because I I know that. it just sounds like a lot of these moments, like you remember, like they were yesterday. You can probably have certain smells that you remember about those games. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Can you walk me through one of those picks? Just, just one. one what was the, the play call? Who were you lined up against? Just walk me through it.
0: Oh man. You want all that. Uh, yeah. yeah. as a normal
1: fan, all we see is the interception, right? We don't see what the well, play call was, what your thoughts were going up into it. If you can remember.
0: Uh, I'll give you the Jacksonville one because, man, I, I the only reason why I remember that one is because I screwed up the play before, and I and so watching film all week, right? I don't know when you watch film, you just pick up on things. Like the more you pay attention, the it's just like I don't know if this is a bad analogy, but it's the only way I can come up with it. It's like having a girlfriend; you pick up on what they're man like their mannerisms the way they talk you know the little things if you observe get well enough that's how it is with football like the way they line up certain situations what personnel's in what players in what position all this stuff the very first play we had talked about all week they're like yo they're gonna run a trick play first play I don't know why we said that but they made <laughs> I guess during the week they had ran a, a lot of like trick plays or whatever Especially like this one formation. Once they lined up in that formation, we knew, like, yo, it's coming. Kid you not. I called it out before the play even started. Uh Chad Haney, I think it was a quarterback at the time. He's over going through his checks. I'm looking at Mercedes Lewis right in front of me. And I'm looking, I know the formation. I'm like, yo, fake, fake, fake. It's coming. You're yelling it right out loud. I'm yelling it. You can look, you can go back and look at it. Yo, the ball snaps. I brain fart. <laughs> I like, I go for the fake. It's Mercedes Lewis uh goes I and he catches a big run, big pass, and he made a like a big game. And I was like, yo, what is going on? I literally called it. So I was like, man, I gotta make it up for this play. So I remember looking at this another formation they lined up. I was like, oh, yeah, they're giving the ball to him again. So Formation was pro-set. Mercedes Lewis was on the ball. Uh, 11 personnel. Um, We were in cover. Oh, we were in... I think we were in four. I believe we were in cover four. I don't remember the actual name of the call. It was a different type of name. Cover four. Mercedes Lewis. Oh, I lock. Or I tell... I, can't, I don't remember who it was. it was. I had a lot of corners. So I, can't corner. I, think, I can't remember what corner. I think remember what corner it was at the time. But I told him to be more aggressive than usual. Because if he looks more aggressive, it makes it look like the deep is open. Because usually in okay. cover four, you would have his quarters. I have my quarters. But I wanted him to look – I wanted him to be aggressive so that way – because I know there's only two routes that Mercedes Lewis was going to do in this formation. So I want to make it look like I didn't have any help high. So it looked like one-on-one. So I have half the field one-on-one. i was like, he's going to run the seven. I, I remember backpedaling because, I mean, for me, when, I, when you backpedal, you kind of understand, like, how many yards are, like, what yards they're running before they make a move. And I remember backpedaling longer than usual. And I was like, oh, he's going to run the seven. Seven route, flag route, where you do bang, bang. Bang route. so he ran it and i was like i was like yo trust your instinct just go with it and a lot of times i don't do that and that's a lot of that's one of my mistakes in my career that i just doubted myself but this time i was like yo go for it Like, i mean you messed up the first time might as well mess it up again so i went for it got the pick and and you know ran as far as i could as fast as i could and yeah that was that was it and i just another great feeling but i was just like i was just like man i'm that year i was like yo i'm good at this i'm good at what i'm doing so well, it's,
1: it's it, different because like the 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 blocked uh field goal for a touchdown right right place right time you did all the work don't get me wrong but for this it right. sounds more like uh a mental chess match oh, i yeah. know what you're gonna do and i'm mm-hmm. gonna rip the ball for it's one-on-one man we're open field and it's me or you and i'm gonna be that guy
0: for sure. Like it, my touchdown was during technically during a special teams. If you want to technically want to be technical about it, for this one, this play, I had to like look. I had to know the personnel. I had to know the formation. I had to know the down and distance. I had to know who was in the game. I had to know um what split they had, all this stuff. So it was very mental compared to just, oh, quick little story. Before the okay, I'm taking you guys back to the Cardinals touchdown. Yes. Before that play, I had just twisted my ankle, like hard, hard. I told Stephon, who was right next to me, I said, "Bro, tr- like, uh, I was supposed to blitz. I was like, bro, I can't switch me. I got I, my ankle. I can, I won't. I won't have enough power to push off to go block it. I was like, yo, you gotta rush it. The ball in the air." <laughs> I was like, man, forget my ankle. I'm gonna be in this ball. Got the ball. It was just funny that I was like, yo, I can't, I can't go on this play. Like, I was about to be like, yo, they're about to just kick it in and whatever. So yeah. You're about was, to miss it. Yeah, they're definitely about definitely about to miss it. So luckily I was, you know, I was still aware about the play, but yeah, I was this close to not to not getting it yes. Yeah,
1: yeah cool. I I love that moment. Like I said, I had moved out to Phoenix. So I'm I'm sitting out here by myself in my in my Bills jerseys, like just rocking it out, cheering at a Cardinals bar, jumping up and down when you run in that touchdown. And I think too, anytime a, a a cool moment happens that I like I have uh my family back home send me the newspaper, and I I'm, I'm pretty sure I have the one of the image of you in the end zone, like running around and they got a beautiful shot from you. It's it's unreal.
0: Oh, I I definitely have it. I don't know if it's in here I definitely have that picture. Do you get I, to, I,
1: uh, like, so obviously for that touchdown, I imagine you got to keep the football. But, like, for normal interceptions, uh, for your first start, do you get any kind of memorabilia from that, or do you just keep the jersey and notate?
0: Um, some teams are different. I can only speak what at that time what Buffalo did. I don't know what they do now. They may be a lot different just because they have a different coach, different a lot of different stuff, staff. When I was playing, um, I didn't get – I didn't get my very – I didn't get my very first start, first game ball, whatever. Um, It didn't really work like that. Um, I could have kept my actual technical first interception, which was against Chicago preseason. But I was like, that's preseason. (laughs) It doesn't really count. But at that time, now thinking about it, I should have kept it. because man, who knows, next week I could have got hurt and I could have been my last down and that could have been my only ball ever, but because I thought, you know, you, just, you always just think that you, you're in something longer than what reality probably is, what really is, because football ends at some point, you know what I mean, so I man, I look back, there's a lot of things I, I wish I would have done and should have, like, just kept just off base of just like saying, like, yo, I did this, like, Looking back, I was like, ah, I'll get it next year. Ah, I'll get the next next year. And I'm and like now I'm thinking that's like real selfish because, like, man, that's it's a real honor and privilege to like it's hard, it's hard to be on a team year in and year out because they're a new, younger, faster, stronger, more intelligent, maybe more athletic than you. And they're trying, they're they're gunning for your job. So I always tell players who are in my situation, man. Every ticket, every voucher, every, yes. every whenever, whenever your family members come, every, uh, book pamphlet that y'all have at the game, the game summary things, keep that, like keep everything because you're going to look, you're going to be cleaning your office out, whatever the case may be. You may be moving and you're going to see the memorabilia. you am like, damn, I did that. That was cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, man. It's, it's awesome, man. So I I
1: know, too, that um, you've you've come over a lot of adversity in your career with injuries. It it was a challenge and it was something that you had to fight through, I imagine, each and every day. Rehabilitation was probably the the most intense of your entire life to get back out on that football field. If you're comfortable, would you be able to just talk about what that time in your life was like um, rehabbing to get back on the field and what it meant to you when you finally did make it back on the field?
0: Yeah, uh like y'all see me do this a lot. It's only because like my neck injury, that's it, it has its days, you know. But so to answer your question, um, so I've had a I had a surgery every year I was in the league since my rookie year. So um from shoulder surgery to my neck surgery to my hip surgery to my hand surgery uh the first three surgeries which was the hip the shoulder i think the hand and i think something the hip one of those i'm not gonna go detailing but those are like it was normal because then um like that mentality my mind state right that point at that point was like i'm a warrior like i'm like you know, like when you're a warrior, you know, you're going to battle, you know, you're going to get hurt, you know, you're going to get into situations. So like, okay, yeah, I have a broken arm. Okay, what's the time period? Okay, six, four months. All right, let's go. What do I got to do? Get back after it. Your mind's not thinking like, damn, I just broke my arm. Like, what? That's crazy. Like, damn, I got a rehab. So you're telling me I got to wake up at six in the morning to just literally work out, to strengthen my arm back up, to get healthy. I got to do. Now, a lot of people may think doing this for about five minutes may seem easy. Until you add weight and then you're still doing it and then you're adding more stability stuff. And so the rehab process is very. Strenuous on your energy, your your mood, your. Just everything, man, because you got to really commit like these. You're 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 met, you're met with a deadline, and if you don't meet that deadline, they'll find someone that will replace you. So when they say, oh, you are you're liable to fully recover around six months. If you're not ready, in those, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're going to give you extra time if you're not ready, depending on who you are. Don't get me wrong. But if you're like lounging around, not taking it seriously, yo, they'll fire you in a heartbeat, fire you in a heartbeat. So you got to really focus. And it's, bro, it's hard. Like, man, my neck surgery, I it, the neck surgery is, it's hard enough. No, regardless of who you are, it's your neck. Like it's scary. Yeah. But my hip surgery, bro, me walking after surgery was wild. Crazy. Like, couldn't bend, couldn't move. If someone barely nicked me walking through, I'd have a fit. Yo, my mood was very up and down. I was very moody. People tell you around me like, man, a fly could have got in my room. And I'm like, yo, why is this fly in my room? Like, I'm mad. Like, like little things. And then realizing that you can, all you can do is just stand there. So the first, for me, my neck, I was in my neck brace for a good three months straight no moving no no sleeping comfortably literally like sleeping incline not moving trying to find comfortable like but in my mind i'm like man i gotta get back on the field like i gotta get back to my warrior mindset so you gotta be patient a little bit so then once the rehab starts then you're like going 6 a.m grinding like hours
1: too this isn't just a little 30 minute
0: workout and you're done this is yeah we are we are working for hours and then you go in for lunch and then you go back and you rehab again or you get treatment and sometimes man, these treatments aren't comfortable one of these treatments i'll give you an example i had a I, i i'm gonna mispronounce this uh this term planar planar fasciitis playing plantar fasciitis is where you have a knot on your heel of your foot for us dbs and receivers because it cut so much it puts a strain on muscle so that muscle is really tight so you can't really straighten your foot so for to break that muscle down that scar tissue bro they grab this metal bar that's rigid like rigid like pointing in this angle and they scrape out all that scar tissue. And for those who don't know what scar tissue is, it ain't like no scab or it just comes off easily. I'm talking about you'll hear crunching. Like like bones are really scarred. It's like, it may seem like it's bone, but it's just scar tissue. And it's just so uncomfortable because the, the feet are so like sensitive and whatnot. So the rehab is just crazy. And then you're put the pressure on being on time of where they're predicted of you being fully recovered. And then feeling comfortable enough to that or, you know, some players aren't comfortable saying, hey, I need more time because maybe that player just doesn't have more time. They might have to, in their mind, they think they have to just play on with their injury. Um, And then you got to, then you, once you're fully recovered, then you got to get into football shape. That's what I'm
1: saying. It's not just a a rehab where like if I if I hurt my hip, right, I would rehab to get back where I'm mobile again. You're rehabbing and then trying to get in shape in the hardest sport, in the highest division in the entire world. Like you're you have to be ready to go against the top, top tier talent,
0: top tier every every year. It's like starting from scratch, but you have a cheat code because you understand what it takes to maintain or at least have a better chance of keeping yourself in the game so some guys play it right some guys play it wrong I mean this is a game you know some guys play games better than others like some people play Call of Duty better no matter how much I play it he'll probably just be a better Call of Duty player than me it's just this the way it is right
1: now are you just talking about me right
0: now no I'm calling Call of Duty okay (laughs) uh, but um but no so so yeah the rehab is just man it's mentally draining bro like it may sound easy to wake up and work out, but if you do the workouts, you're, you, you, I promise you in a week, not even a week, three days, not even three days, two days, you'd be like, I am over this
1: one day, like, dude, one day. And I'm done because it's, it's like I said, it's, it's you are being trained to be a warrior that the top of your class in the entire world. And you need to be ready real. for that now. So rehab is difficult, not only mentally, but physically. And, and not only that, but your injuries were pretty substantial, what was it like the first game back? Like you're, you're rehabbing, you're grinding, you're, you're, you're pissed off. You you fight your way back and then you have that first game where you're back in uniform again. Is it just like, I did it again. Kind of like being drafted, like all that work leading up, you make it to the NFL, you did it.
0: Um, man, my first game back for my neck. Um, honestly, my first game back for my neck injury was, was amazing. Like, I was not scared, not nervous. I was ready to go. I mean, I don't think I started that game. They only want to, like, like slowly put me in the rotation or back into the starting spot. Um, my first day in full pads was a wreck. Like, I was a wreck that day. Like, it wasn't the game because, you know, we do a lot of stuff before. Like, we have preseason games, but then before preseason games, we scrimmage other teams before that. Even before that, we scrimmage ourselves. So, like, there, a lot goes on before week one. Like, if you're not ready week one, you're just not going to be ready. You're not going to be good. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. So, after my next surgery, after rehab, after doing all this intense stuff, <clears throat> after practicing just normally, just helmets, nothing else, we call shells, we wear jerseys, or not shells, it would just be helmets. Shells would be half. We would just be shoulder pads. But um, after practicing, doing all that to like, feel like, okay, I got my, my step back, my back in the game, like my foot's, I'm, you know, I feel confident. It was the first day of passed. Like when it was first scrimmage, man, I was sweating bullets. I was nervous. I was thinking I was in my head. I was like, man, what if I get hit again the wrong way? What if you know, I go in for a tackle and I don't walk. What if I never play wow. this game again? A lot of like thoughts were running in my head. But uh, at the time we had, uh, we had Ed Reed, who was our defensive coach uh, at the time. And me and him were really close. Um, and, you know, he just gave me a pep talk and I had to calm myself down. And um, I remember my first hit uh, was like a, um uh, a stretch play running back came through and i i I hit him with you know i gave him a good thud and i i hit him i I ain't gonna lie close my eyes i hit him (laughs) open my eyes move my neck shivered around a little bit check him out and i was good i was like oh we we back let's go we back and i was straight and then from week one week one came i was ready i was like well I was like, yo, I want to start. But they were like, no, nah, we want to slowly put you in. Because I at that time, I didn't do any preseason. So I still wasn't game condition ready. But mm-hmm. I was ready to go. I was ready to, like, do my thing. So, yeah, that was – week one, I was ready. The scariest point was the scrimmage during training camp would be – When you dangerous. first
1: – what you finally, like, in a game simulation, like, oh, crap, I might not walk again if I get hit in a weird way. Now – it's no surprise that some of Bill's mafia might have a sort of grudge against one Jarvis Landry for the hit. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. I, I know that you've, you've talked about it before, but I was wondering if you had any kind of message for any of Bill's mafia out there who who might have a grudge against Mr. Landry.
0: Um. Honestly, you're going to feel the way you feel regardless. Um, but you know what, man? That was what? I oh, mean. what went? 2020? Dang, that was six years ago. All right. So, yeah, man. It's it the same thing, too. Like, it is six years ago. Like, that man ain't thinking about it. Trust me, he ain't thinking about it. It took me a very long time to move on from it. I mean, even to this day, I, I'm not going to say I fully moved on. I finally learned how to uh, accept what happened and accept my reality and what's going on. So I'm at peace. Like I'm good. If you would ask me this question shit, a year ago, I'd give you a different answer. Okay. Uh, but I've done a lot of work on myself. Uh I've gotten a lot of help. And if you feel away, by all means like do I hold a grudge? No as a man a human being i don't hold a grudge because there's was a moment in life a, a life that i don't live no more it's a chapter in my life that you know that's written and i can't change it he can't change it um you know you got to move on you got i mean you got to i've learned man peace is you, to get peace man you got to let some things go and i don't want to feel like we want like we want malicious things to happen to him because I don't want anything bad to happen to him because I understand what it feels like to to actually be hurt and not live a career you've been working your whole life and be in the dumps and be in the dark. Now, as a player, do I feel some type of way? Of course. Come on. <laughs> like. I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. Like
1: Out of out of everything, Bill's Mafia is just going to listen to yeah, this one. Like, I love press. you guys to have my
0: back. Like, that's why I love yeah. you guys. Like, if y'all continue yeah. to have my back, if y'all say, yo, forget Jarvis Landry, that's how you feel. Now, I don't feel like that. If I saw Jarvis, I'd dab him up, show him respect, say what's up, hi, probably share experiences and move on with our lives. It was a moment in our lives. He was doing his job. I was doing my job. Um, unfortunately, my job what comes with it is some like things like that, like serious injuries. I am not the only pay, the only player in NFL history that's had a, a serious career career ending injury, and I won't be the last. I, I wish I was the last, but unfortunately, the way the game is, that's not happening. So feel the way you feel. If you you know, I always want you to have my back. You know, continue to wait. You know, whatever. But if you're asking me personally, I'm, I'm at peace. I moved on. Uh, okay. I, my life is great. Um, I, I wish Jarvis Landry the best. Um, uh, uh, Jarvis Landry, sorry. Uh, I want him to succeed and accomplish all his goals, um, except for when he plays us. You know, I want him to shit the bed, <laughs> yeah. honestly, you know. But, Built you know, by yeah. a billion yeah like i'm i'm all i'm at, i'm all good i'm at peace man um it sucks that it happened i i trust me i've lived man there have been nights where man crazy nights and i've i've moved on from that i i'm not i can't dwell on it it's it's done you know i'm man i but bro i am a buffalo bill to the day i die regardless if i was good bad terrible bus whatever you want to call it I made a contribution to a team that was not winning any games, to be 100% correct. That one, nobody, first of all, nobody was really talking about Buffalo until my era started coming, honestly, to be completely honest with you. Nobody wanted to come to Buffalo until I started hyping Buffalo up to be a thousand percent complete 100 with you guys. Let's go. I've stamped my name in Buffalo history. Like there's you know what I mean? So like I will always love Buffalo. Buffalo will always be my second home. I will forever like I've I put I've I've done more than what I've done between those two white lines. I've done more in in that Ralph, I've done more outside the Ralph Wilson Stadium than I did in it. I mean, I was in the community. I was with, I was, man, bro, I was going to high school games when I first got there. I was going to, uh, uh, I don't, it wasn't really necessarily prom, but it was like parties, like formal parties. I was going to community service. I was uh, opportunities to like feed the homeless, be downtown, be in Lockport, be in Niagara, be in Fredonia, be in Batavia. I've been in everywhere in Western New York. Like, I go. No. I'm there like you can't I've been everywhere so I love Buffalo I'm appreciative because I know I'm sure everybody at that point has read my letter or whatever at the Players Tribune but we started off rocky as hell like I did not like Buffalo whatsoever it was trash it was garbage it was nothing I didn't like it Old, snowy snowy like just dreadful but that was I was immature I was young I was looking for spotlight I was looking for the glamour I was looking I mean that's what That's what we're fed into when we think of NFL life. So when I got here, I mean, don't get me wrong. um, Buffalonians or Bill's Mafia humbled me, humbled me gracefully and brought me back to reality and was like, yo, nah, we hard worker over here. We don't do all that Hollywood stuff. We don't care about all that. We come in here. We come in here and do our jobs. We're proud of where we're from you know people may not like it but guess what i love it and because i mm-hmm. love it i'm gonna I'm a work hard for it yeah. i mean i love buffalo man and buffalo show me love and i will forever show it love there's nothing that anybody i always tell people people come to me and say i'm like oh you're going to buffalo i'm like yeah i'm going to buffalo like you always go to buffalo I said, come with me to Buffalo one time. One time. Once. One it's a time. Rhyme. Come with me. That's it. And I will show you what Buffalo's about. And it's more than just Buffalo wings. Yeah, I get it. Buffalo's, you know, we all have certain wings. But Anchor Bar and Duff's are not the only places. Like, there are so many no. chicken wings that are so fire. There's so shout up, Barbell. Shut up, Barbell.
1: Just got to do it.
0: Charles, <laughs> shut him uh, out. I, I'm not going to say what – because you know i've gotten a lot of heat no I, okay oh, okay God. okay
1: not 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 in any order top three wing joints
0: not in order all right, all right all right all right all right all right all right top three all right and i may get some of the some of the names wrong because it's been a while yeah. so i believe okay not in any order i'm just naming not in them order no 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 not in order and I forgive me if i get but I remember there's a spot Imperial Emperor? Imperial Imperial. Yo, their wings are smacking, yo. Well, yo, they they looked out for me when I was living in Buffalo. Like they, yo, good wings, great wings. All right, so them Barbell, I give I got to give Barbell a shout, uh, you know. There you go. Barbell, gotta,
1: love
0: it. All right, look. I'm going to always say, I'm gonna, unless they change the chef, unless they change the formula, unless they change the ingredients, okay? Big tree in. Oh, wow. Really? Fire wings. Wow. You know, I'm only speaking from when I was living there, and that was from yeah, 2011 yeah. to 2017. So, and I even wow. go back to the day, but those three, no, no order. No order.
1: We can do it. But okay, okay. B- we got to, we got big Tree, barbell bar. and imperial.
0: Yes, all those three. But shout out to anger bar. Shout out to dust. Oh, shout yeah. out to the, all the local families that have wings. No, and, uh, all all of them. Shout. Yeah. I haven't had all y'all's wings. I can only speak up for the wings I've had. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Those three for sure are, are.
1: So what? Next time you come out to Buffalo, if we're both there at the same time, we're gonna hit up all three so we can get a good memory of which one's the best, right?
0: Man, <laughs> to be honest with you man i'm gonna be there friday man i'm being Buffalo really? friday yeah for sure definitely be in there friday yo i don't know when you're throwing this out there but uh your boy's gonna be there this weekend um i got a bocce fr- fundraiser shout out elio de be there on sunday so uh, that's why i'm going to be in buffalo um mm-hmm. having their event there and Hit that throw shout out there real quick. A little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, what I
1: was going to say is a perfect segue into what I was wrapping up. I'm I'm going for the home opener. My girlfriend's never been there. I'm taking my dad. We're going to go to the home opener against Tennessee. Really excited, man. I, I can't wait. But. But honestly, I appreciate you being open about some of the aspects of the NFL. Maybe we didn't see uh, being open and honest about what your recovery was like, your rehabilitation, what it meant to to you uh, to be part of Bill's Mafia on a time that, that the Bills weren't really seen, like you said, as that staple organization that they are now before things got turned around. You are uh, a beloved member of the Bills Mafia community and, and you are cherished by all of us. But before I let you go, I, I want to know if there's any other charities that you're a part of that you want to let the people know or anything that you want to shout out.
0: Um, No, nah, not really. Like, I'm not really, I don't have a, I mean, I have a charity, but it's like, it's a foundation that I have put through and I put, I give scholarships to kids out here in my local uh, area and high school kids. Um in FFA, it's like a big thing out here. Um, because you know, we're big into agriculture and stuff. And I grew up on a ranch and had horses and cows and cattle and chickens and all that stuff. So I, mean, I do that, but that America. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do that. Okay. Yeah. So but other than that, I do random charities, man. Like when I come back to Buffalo, I try to reach out to all sorts of charities from the Boys and Girls Club to uh homeless drive to uh kid supplies um and local buffalo uh district uh school districts so i don't have i don't really have stamp one but you will know i if i have a charity event if you check my twitter um my twitter handle is ajwilliams23 um i speak my mind a lot on there uh i unfortunately don't have any more instagram anymore Um, I got off it. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It's crazy. Right. Um, uh, But so to really keep up with me, the only thing I mean, not that you should care or not that I'm telling you should follow me and what I'm doing. But if you want to just keep up and, you know, I do run camps. Um, Freddie J has a camp in Iowa in like August, I believe the first week of August. I do camps in Buffalo sales. So if you're wondering, I do do signings. So if you're ever wondering what I'm doing, what I'm up to. Um, I, I go to Buffalo randomly and, and tell people come golf with me, come to have a couple of drinks, whatever the case may be. Twitter is the only spot you'll ever get any type of real information from me anywhere else. It's not real. It's not me Twitter. So if you want to know what I'm doing, Twitter. Or my Facebook. I have Facebook, but I don't really didn't get on Facebook that much. But no so one smart.
1: gets on Facebook. It's just to check in on family members hey man, and talk to. Hey, you're really
0: showing, I'm showing my age right now, but look, Facebook is still fire. Okay, I know no. it's old. Oh,
1: Aaron, Aaron, you can't say Facebook's fire after giving your top three wings, because then it's gonna it's sure. gonna destroy that too. No, Come on, look, man. Look, Facebook
0: <laughs> is for like keeping up with the family. That's cute, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, 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 could be old. Like it's, it's outdated. It could be not like the trendy in thing, but yo, Facebook okay. is still fire though. Okay. Saying, so we got, saying, we got uh, two,
1: two hot takes from you. Facebook's in and Big Tree is a top three establishment for wings. Wow.
0: Two Facebook. I'm not going to say <laughs> Facebook is in, but I'm not, I'm, I am going to say Facebook is not out. It's definitely okay. not out. Okay.
1: Still I love it. Not how I expected family. the show to end with a, a former Buffalo Bill, but I love it. Again, uh, Aaron, I'm, I'm so thankful that you were able to hop on. Everyone, go check out everything that he's doing. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Go hit him up when he's in Buffalo so you can get some wings. Go to his charity events. Uh, just, I, I recommend everyone just find a way to give back to Buffalo. Um, right now, forever, it's, it's a place that's loved by so many, so just do your best to, to give back. Um, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, God bless and go Bills.
0: Stay wavy, baby.